everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Movie Overload. It is, uh, well, I mean, I don't know how to explain this podcast. I should have looked at what <laughs> I should, Oh, man. I should have I thought mean, about what this podcast is before we started it. That, that would have helped. a few times. Yeah. Three friends, 100 films. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that works. <laughs> basically. That's my movie voice. Yeah, that's a good movie voice. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, I guess each episode we will go through one film of the like 100 central films list through uh, history, trying to gauge a thing. I'm sorry. You're doing <laughs> I want to restart. I believe in you. <laughs> no, this uh, is too good. We're five minutes in and I'm done. <laughs> we're about uh, 60 seconds in. <laughs> oh, dang. It's felt like so long. <laughs> Uh, is it is it hot in here? Is it just me? <laughs> He's turning red. No. <laughs> okay, okay. So we just watched. We we for watched our first one. A trip to the moon. Do you do you have the year on that? that it's 1902. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. Just very early. I actually didn't know that there were films before that because I think of the first film of being like in the 1920s, right? Mm. The jazz singer. Right. Well, it was that, like yeah, the first big film. Audio and stuff. Oh yeah, that was audio. So before so that, was, they were that doing other film projects. So I, yeah. I forget about some these. some silent film stuff. Yeah. I think I've seen, I've watched a bunch of Charlie Chaplin movies. So I've seen stuff from like 1915 on. Mm-hmm. 14, I think, is probably when he started. And those were kind of interesting because I did, I did like a marathon of those like a few months ago, and they they kind of start off before they like had accompanying like music. So like I guess people would play piano or whatever mm-hmm. in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going through time to get to the point where eventually they had actual recorded audio that they stuck with it, just the soundtracks, they didn't do dialogue. And so seeing that progression through film, but like back in right. 1902, I guess there was just nothing because yeah, there was no, no sound. sound at all. There yeah. wasn't, at least there wasn't the version music. we watched. Right. There was no speaker like system to some, share it anyway. Some, but yeah, probably yeah. originally there was, they'd probably be added later. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if those would have been like actually written out like here's the score here's what Mm. you should be playing or i heard that a lot of them were like kind of just ad-libbing on the spot here's just some ragtime music so you're not bored (laughs) while you're watching something that's completely silent so it's not too quiet and it was kind of weird watching it with no audio like it's it's a very odd experience because i'm just used to there being something to listen to also while watching something right yeah not having sound was a little uncomfortable very interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. but anyway hannah take us through some of the some of the talking points here of of George Melies. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Compiled all my notes, so I hope this is interesting. <laughs> um, he was super interesting to read about. I really enjoyed it because he was into theater, <laughs> so he like sold his share in his family shoe company, and bought a theater with the money, and he just became an illusionist. So he would just put on these shows. And that was like late, late 1800s. And then I'm not sure how he got introduced to cameras and film, but it just said that he started messing with it and he made over 500 films between 1896 and 1913. So this one was Trip to the Moon was like his 400th film. Yeah, by 1902. And they were all short. This one, that was his longest one by that point. Gotcha. So and it was like what, thirteen minutes? Twelve, thirteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. So not that long. And I guess he'd make like little ads or commercials too. Um, but this one stood out because 
He was like really known for using special effects, but he wasn't known for having narrative in his film projects. Mm. So this one actually had a storyline. So I think that's what made it pop. Gotcha. Um, It was like internationally successful and the U.S. kept pirating it. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How would you pirate films like back then? Because, you know, for the longest time, there wasn't even like home video. We were just talking about that the other day until like what the 80s, really probably late 70s. Somehow able to reproduce the reels. And I, don't know I guess just play work. them in your yeah. own local theater without yeah, getting I guess. permission. I don't know. Huh. I don't know how that would work. It that sounds like a lot laugh, of work. Though. Yeah, because yeah. he yeah. was French, I believe. Yeah, French illusionist mm-hmm. and film director, and yeah. he made up a lot of his own tricks. So he, the substitution splices, mm-hmm. where it jumps or the object switch, that was all him. Dang. Multiple exposures, time lapse photography. I think that's probably how they did a lot of the background changes. Yeah. It was all time lapse because he was also a painter. Hmm. And then dissolves with the film. Not quite right. sure. Like the crossfades. Right. Yeah. About, yeah. And then, yeah, hand painted color. Dang. He was also one of the first filmmakers to use storyboards. Hmm. Hmm. So. So, like, you know, all of the basic film techniques. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's like really how it was. Early. Yeah. So innovative was all the special effects. Um, and it said he was also a huge fan of Jules Verne. And that was like his that inspiration for a lot of his so much little sense. stories. Yeah, yeah which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And everyone called him a sci-fi person. But now filmmakers say that wasn't sci-fi. It was fantasy. That's fair, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it kind of does fit with like the early definitions of sci-fi, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because I mean, think of like H.G. Wells and Jules Verne as like Yeah, Jules Verne, I think yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... As far as like, it's I guess not hard sci-fi. It's not Star Trek or something. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, right? No. Like, like fundamentally, it's like space travel and right. aliens, and it's like it is sci-fi, but it's framed in a way I guess that feels more fantastical because it doesn't have like yeah, it's so loose and it's just like oh, it just feels very fun and kind of whimsical, so mm-hmm. it does kind of come off as fantasy that yeah and there's some i mean there's also kind of i guess there was magic in the beginning did they like somebody Uh, handed them sure was that telescopes and they turned into stools yeah yeah then they were stools they were like they were kind of dressed like wizards they Mm -hmm. had pointy hats and beards and stuff and then they just decided to to change (laughs) out of those yeah and go to the moon yep for a little bit and their space bullets but man, those, some of those sets were like incredible. They were beautiful. Like these gorgeous matte paintings with like all of these different layers up to the camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like steam and smoke and that kind of thing coming yeah. out of them, which yeah. I feel like like there are matte paintings all the way up through like, I don't know, the Dark Crystal, right. other stuff that will right. cover Star Wars. But like those, they don't do other things with them to make them move and that kind of thing that like they were doing in 1902. Yeah, I think there was one there was, it didn't look like... Like it looked like liquid or something going into a, a pit in the ground or something. I was like, Yeah, I saw what that. Is that. I think that might What's have been happening? time lapse. <laughs> hmm. Would Probably. that have been time lapse? I guess because yeah, I think he would use real fire it. and real smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the smoke definitely yeah. looked real. Man, kinda, like, and they did so many of those. Mm-hmm. Like, there's actually like a decent amount of kind of choreography to that in a weird mm-hmm. way because yeah. you have to. Because at first it just seems kind of spontaneous, but then you realize you have to like stop right there for mm-hmm. them to like add the little mm-hmm. smoke bomb and like right. how yeah, i don't even know how you would manage to do all that but it was super theatrical like just the whole mm-hmm. way it set up 
mm-hmm. the cast right. and how they moved with each other. I was like, oh, I can totally imagine that rehearsal mm-hmm. with how they probably just did it over and over and over again and then t- brought in the physical elements for the special effects. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. filmed sense it. Having like with his skill set, yeah, like in theater and illusion and stuff mm-hmm. and being like, oh, you gave me the ability to like manipulate time cool yeah. he's like i'll take it <laughs> see what i can do with that it was super cool i actually wrote this down because it just interested me so much so the man in the moon mm-hmm. when the bullet lands in his eye and it comes closer i guess filmmakers would try to move the camera closer to the actors but um they couldn't do that with the camera equipment so he mm. changed it and he added the actor and he put him on this chair and covered him with a cloak and then he made a pulley operated chair and he would just like slowly really act her towards the camera. Hmm. And it allowed him, Whoa. I wrote it down, yeah. It says uh, it allowed him to control the placement of the face within the frame to a much greater degree of specificity than moving the camera allowed. That's bonkers. I know. And I'm like, I would never even think of that. So he was uh, over here like, you idiots, I'll just move the actor, not the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. looked great. I mean, I guess that probably would have been before they invented dollies or anything like mm-hmm. that, right? Like, I bet a camera wasn't exactly super right. portable. Solving those problems yeah, before they were fully solved. Right. Yeah. Man, that's just really impressive. Like, I remember, like, I've seen this film, like, a few years ago. Mm. And it being the first silent film I think I'd ever seen. And being like, that was interesting. That was just kind of cool, I guess. But then I watched, you know, I've done, I've watched a bunch of silent films since then. And coming back to this, I'm like, there's there's techniques in this that, like, I still didn't see like 20 years, 30 years later yeah. in film. Like it's just so, so, so before it's time. Um, and it's just kind of mind blowing. Like it definitely, mm-hmm. I think it does belong on this list for sure because. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. For the time that it came out, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. Yeah. There was also the shot with the water. Oh, right. Remember mm-hmm. when the, it plunges from the moon back oh. into the ocean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they actually filmed through an aquarium he had like the cutouts behind it and then he had this aquarium with water and fish <laughs> and he would put like little props and things in the water oh, okay. so there were like fragments in it and then they filmed through hmm. through it yeah i was thinking it looked like like the like it looked like silhouettes of fish or something mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was like, that looks real like, yeah looks like a fish. i don't know how they filmed through it without <laughs> it getting know. distorted because <laughs> it looked pretty good yeah yeah gosh that must have just do you, do you have any idea what the budget was on that in the time yeah it was like ten thousand euros hmm. i think which yep. was a lot i would assume back in <laughs> 1902 right. that's a lot mm-hmm. yeah gosh and I, mean, I there was a lot going on lots of different sets like they didn't stay any specific spot for more than Mm-mm. a minute or two it felt yeah. like i just feel like they were like yeah basically designing a new whole set just for each shot mm-hmm. because yeah. everything's just framed exactly right um but yeah like the cutouts of like the houses like up in the foreground and with the stuff in the background and then like like the shot where they're trying to load the bullet into the gun or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. was just really confusing because there's i mean there's there's so much going on and not in the bad way it was just like it was just hectic with how many different layers of set design and map paintings and whatever mm-hmm. i just don't feel like i've actually seen that kind of thing before yeah yeah um, he must have had to work up to that for sure. It says it was his longest film at the time. Both the budget and filming duration were unusually lavish, costing 10,000 euros to make and taking three months to complete. Dang. That's a long time for a 12-minute <laughs> Yeah. short. Like, I feel like movies now can wrap in, like, three months. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty average. Yeah, they'll film whole series within two or three weeks. 
Dang. to Netflix or Prime. Really? That's yeah. crazy. That must be so painful <laughs> as an actor or director. I mean, they can. Yeah, yeah, just for filming. Right. There's, um, I'm sure, plenty more to that's do. That's true. I'm not sure about production. To do all the filming and prep and editing right. for something like this. And I think months. it's because like, with our technology now, we can speed through certain things, but I don't right. know about whole films, though. Yeah, that's crazy. But if you think about it, how long, because I read about Greta Gerwig with The Little Women. Mm-hmm. They had like a two or three month rehearsal and then a three month filming time, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So three months for a film that's over two hours. And then this took three months for 12 minutes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> with rudimentary sets and mm-hmm. editing techniques and all that stuff. And they had it's to paint nice. everything and make all the costumes. Exactly. I loved the costumes. Yeah, they were, they were cool really solid. I feel like probably most of his films are lost, right? Yeah, there's the whole list, and they're all divvied up by year, and they have all the original titles, Mm -hmm. Um, and most of them say lost, and then a few survive, and then some are unknown. Hmm. I don't even know how they have all the titles. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think the and I looked at his uh, his letterbox listing. There only like there's only like half of those. There's like 250 ish listed on there. Really? Yeah. So I'm assuming yeah, a lot of them are just not there. So. Yeah, I wonder about that because, like, I don't. Know, I was reading recently. Well, I was, I was, um, I was watching a, a documentary thing about the making of um, one of Kurosawa's recent movies or more recent movies, Kagamusha from 1980, and uh, George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola were on there talking about like how you know even in their day, in their day, there's like you know a movie comes out and then it's gone. And maybe it happens to come back to an art house theater somewhere or you're in film school, in which case you get to see some films, but otherwise you just don't see a movie once it's out. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, like, I guess it does kind of make sense that they wouldn't be like, you know, making sure that they're storing all of them in these proper places or, or you know, keeping them for mm-hmm. archival purposes because right. it's like we're not ever putting this out again, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if A Trip to the Moon, like, has it had an enduring popularity? Do you happen to know? Or was it just one of those things that, like, you know, aired when it came out and then got, I guess, got pirated a bunch in the U.S. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then fell People out of popularity. Like and I can't remember if this was the film that was lost at one point and then was, like, found more recently or if that's a different one. That sounds kind of familiar, but I don't remember reading it about this specific not this one, one. So okay. I'm not positive. Yeah, I don't know. This one, it just says this one they really picked up because it was just so internationally successful. So it might have just been big enough that it just yeah stayed around yeah it says extensively pirated by other studios especially in the u.s mm-hmm. it's unusual length lavish production values innovative special effects and emphasis on storytelling were markedly influential on other filmmakers and ultimately on the development of narrative film as a whole mm-hmm. right because like i don't think there's i think the next film on our list is like i don't even think we have a film from the 1910s i think we just go straight to the 20s after mm-hmm. this so there's like and a good period of 20 years in which the movies that came out after this just aren't really that worth mm-hmm. talking about. So <laughs> It kind of sounds like of they talk about him like he's super, like he just revolutionized it, but most of his films use special effects just for the sake of special effects. Like he was mm. an illusionist and that's just what he did. Storytelling wasn't really his thing. Right. So. Mm. And this, I mean, the story is, I always, I always think that's like really shocking with silent films is just like mm-hmm. seeing how easy they are to follow despite the fact that there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Cause like, let's see on Letterboxd, I think I've logged like probably 1100 movies that aren't silent films. So then like you <laughs> see one and it's like, Oh, I expected this to one be really boring and two to have no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. 
but this one doesn't even have like those uh like those text boxes or whatever mm -hmm. i don't know what those are called like the slides that come in or something yeah yeah where like it goes and there's like a bit of dialogue that somebody's saying like it doesn't even right. bother with that stuff because it just lets you follow the narrative mm -hmm. i guess that's probably the origins of show don't tell in film is if you can you know if you can <laughs> follow it and i've heard a lot of people say that with like writing your film or directing your film you want it to be you want to be able to understand what's happening even if there's no audio mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you just entirely take out the dialogue and you don't know what people are saying you should still know what's going on mm -hmm. and i mean i guess this is this would be probably an interesting way to start getting good at that is by like honestly trying to make silent films now mm -hmm. yeah that'd be kind of an interesting experiment I yeah guess. and there's kind of differences to that too like doing something like this or like charlie chaplin or like something like that having like there's the stories they're telling are fairly simple mm -hmm. and like you don't need a lot of dialogue always to convey that thing but i think you could mess it up too so th and they always do it pretty nicely right mm -hmm. yeah so it's just very physical you're able to just like there might not be emotion but if there is it's something you can telegraph i guess physically but mm -hmm. yeah they're yeah because you couldn't see any of them in detail <laughs> or close up like i couldn't really yeah. see any of their faces like one of them was like maybe kind of a a leader because he had like a bigger beard mm -hmm. oh was kind of in the front maybe <laughs> yeah but like there weren't generally like characters mm -hmm. yeah which definitely <laughs> plays back into the theater part because they were all like overacting mm -hmm. to display this message and i liked that there were still parts that were funny it's like yeah. 1902 right, yeah, silent totally film and i'm still here laughing yeah, but, at yeah, it yeah it's totally just like physical comedy just like sometimes like somebody would like fall over mm -hmm. and just like <laughs> yeah it's still <laughs> <Right>. funny <laughs> and they're yeah the costumes that's an interesting note too because costumes that goes back like one having a bigger beard than the others i mean that goes back to like greek theater mm -hmm. is they would just use something like that in size or whatever to symbolize a character and when you couldn't use audio yeah it's it. weird i i'm kind of amazed that like film kind of carried through without audio because you know mm -hmm. in when you put it next to theater like the, the things that i think about about film versus theater is that like the nice thing about film is that you can watch it again you can see it again in your own house it's pretty easy to just stick on you don't have to go somewhere and then it, it's gone after that and then at the same time with film you're also able to like do a bit more narratively just because you have the ability to cut to other times and places mm -hmm. back and mm -hmm. forth you're able to do more with sound and music and whatever mm -hmm. but but here like at the beginning of film it was way more limited than what you could do with theater at the time just because you, you just because of the nature of not having dialogue and you know mm -hmm. not having music and all these other things that you would just naturally be able to do with theater makes it like a more limited art form to start out with yeah. right which is just and i remember hearing stuff like that like that one film class that I took having like the er, a lot of the early perspective on film kind of being like you had the camp that kind of really seems to have been in where it's like this is something kind of magical and it gives me the ability to manipulate reality in ways that I can't do in real time mm -hmm. Mm. on a stage and so I'm gonna ha have a lot of fun with that or you had other people who are just like this is a way to just capture straight reality and oh. I'm just gonna film regular stuff going on and it's gonna be awesome yeah and, like, that was their thing mm -hmm. so like I, I like seeing even earlier examples of just the being like no this is just something fun mm -hmm. that i can just play around with and right like i can do things here that i can't do anywhere else so yeah because I, I do like i go on youtube every once in a while and i like have you ever seen those like 
remastered like 4k videos of just like people walking down a street in like 1896 that like somebody set up a oh. camera to film like mm-hmm. they have those that sorts of things yeah, up on youtube and i look so, at yeah. those all the time mm-hmm. but yeah i guess that i guess it would have been a, a later type thing to be like oh yeah i can actually manipulate reality right. with this yeah that takes I a bit of extra thought and time yeah i think they're they're both valuable and mm-hmm. yeah probably i mean it it takes someone with that imagination and innate creativity i think especially with something like that being brand new Mm -hmm. and you know you had like photography where you're just like what am i going to do with photography take pictures of people places and things it's like Mm -hmm. oh well now you have moving photography like i'll just do the same thing i'll record on film a train pulling into a station it's going to be great Uh, yeah yeah and it's just kind of mundane but then you've got somebody with this whimsical imagination being like oh my gosh i can realize my dream and share them with people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I had written that down too. It just said he was super experimental. Like he invented so many of the tricks. Mm-hmm. And the, there's one called the stop trick, um, which is just a substi- substitution trick. And it said one time his camera just accidentally jammed in the middle of a take. And a bus changed into a hearse and women changed into men. Mm. <laughs> and he just claimed it as his own and was like, ah, oh, <laughs> right. this is the like, stop oh. trick. <laughs> so it's just like anytime it kind of like stops and cuts and like mm-hmm. a person turns into a puff of smoke. That kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. And yeah. so then he started using it intentionally right. after he saw what it looked like in the end. Right. And like, I love that that trick is like still used all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously all of those like magic uh, right. vine stars or whatever, yeah, basically totally, just like, doing that. Right. Yeah, right. Just lots of amateur yeah. filmmaking stuff. Right. Totally is that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And Kurosawa actually did that a lot because mm. I've been going through a lot of his films and uh, I guess we won't ever get a chance to cover this one specifically on this podcast, but um, the film A Hidden Fortress, um, 1958, mm-hmm. was when he was starting to experiment with like widescreen film mm. and starting to have like his samurai films have like more gunfire in them which has been kind of interesting mm-hmm. but there's like these these shots where they're like running behind a you know this like barrier and then they stop and then you can see the cut as they're just like shooting a bunch of bullets into it and then it cuts back and they get up and they run <laughs> and they do that a few times in a row but like the stop trick even like in 1958 when Akira Kurosawa was doing it doesn't look that much smoother or cleaner no, that's what I was than what Melies was yeah, doing like in even in this like you can tell it's there but overall, like, it's pretty, like, smooth. Yeah. Like, as far as the position of the actors and everything, like, there's not a huge change or anything. Like, they were, they kept it pretty, as seamless as they could, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Surprisingly so for the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've tried doing stuff with the stop trick before. It's hard. Like, it's not easy <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah. And, and it probably always didn't looks have bad. Too many tries, right, with film. Right. Right. Using up a physical yeah. resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also just it right in one really expensive, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have very small reels at the time, so you can only shoot for a certain amount of time. Yeah, which I think is, I mean, I guess it depends on on the era of film, but it probably like they're probably going through multiple roles just for that, you mm-hmm. know, which is just crazy to think about. Because at the moment with digital cameras, what we have now, just like even consumer grade products, you can record on like a DSLR for thirty minutes, and then you could just have to hit record again, then it does it another mm-hmm. thirty minutes, right. and it's just, uh, you know infinite resource yeah it says his longest film was 40 minutes so i'd be curious to see what that one's like yeah i wonder when he made that one that would have been probably later yeah like said through 1913 Hmm. 
okay so so i guess there maybe there are some films from the 1910s that are worth watching true <laughs> <laughs> and he started filming he started filming um in the theater he bought and then he moved into the greenhouse building Mm. and it was glass walls glass ceiling because he wanted as much sunlight Mm. um and it said he just kind of approached it like people did with photography studios but then he would just build all of the sets in there and he built it with the same dimensions as the theater he was filming in before so that's really interesting. I know. So it was all like mostly natural lighting. That's mm-hmm. another thing I like didn't think about at all. Yeah. That they would have to yeah, think that's about. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, I love it because we watched Hugo growing this up. This is what made me think and of. And they yeah. totally recreate the whole set in that building. And now I have a greater appreciation for it. But I, yeah, I remember the scenes in that movie where they show the actors and him stopping to do the tricks. And, you know, they stop filming and he runs in with the smoke bomb. And then he's like, action. And then they go and the actor falls over and runs out or something like because then they can just splice it. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah, see, I think I'd actually seen... I took, like, a very early film class, and then I watched A Trip to the Moon. And then after that, I watched Hugo, mm-hmm. and I remember being so shocked. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that I know. Right. Is it, that the probably isn't? Yeah, it was like, like... It sneaks it in there. Yeah. It's like, you don't know that's what it's about at first. And then it's like, oh, by the way, this is, like, a little bit historical, actually, <laughs> about a real person. Like, that was what? so cool. Super interesting. Yeah. That was the first I'd heard of him. Yeah, mm-hmm, seen a few times. It's very cool. I it's definitely want to rewatch that movie now. It's yeah, probably my too. favorite Scorsese movie. It's so <laughs> which good. Is good. Probably a bad take, depending <laughs> on who you are, but like no. I think that's it's that's probably my favorite one. We it's just need to watch more Scorsese movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like none of us have like actually watched like his core movies, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like his ones that are like the most well known is like Scorsese movies. Like, right. <laughs> so like I've, those ones. I've I've watched Silence. I've watched right. The Last Temptation of Christ. I can't. Mm-hmm. Have I seen anything else other than Hugo? Probably so. not. Yeah. Neither of I you mean, have watched like, Shutter Island. No, we no. haven't. Seen that. Even that, I wouldn't. I mean, that one's closer, I guess. But I don't know. I feel That's like his favorite. like gangster movies are like like Goodfellas yeah. right. and Taxi Driver and stuff are like yeah. his his big ones and like yeah. I haven't. I, I feel like there. King of Comedy gets talked about more since Joker's come out. Right. But yeah, that one kind of got new life. Yeah. I want to see them. Yeah, right. Because I do like his movies. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw The Irishman, which is probably the closest thing, but like that's too new and I'm not going to count that as like something major for him, I guess. It was very good though. But like, so I, I feel like I can say I like his stuff, but yeah, I just haven't gotten around to to the old ones. To, to the core Scorsese. Well, yeah. Goodfellas is on this list, so we will true. get to that one. That's true in 1990 so at the moment at 1902 it's it's a ways away (laughs) yeah but i think based off of um the list which by the way you can find audience on uh on letterboxd we have we have the list up there and if you go to our website movieoverloadpod.com we have the list up there as well yes or there's Um, a link to it at least yeah right (laughs) so you can uh you can see all the different movies that we have on there but i think the the largest uh based off of decade i think the one with the most movies is actually the 90s mm. which surprised me because mm. i feel like of all the recent decades it's probably the one that i've like had the least interest in but as we were constructing the list it start became apparent that like you know pulp fiction got goodfellas all, all the big movies that people tend to talk about at least now mm-hmm. that are very culturally culturally relevant for like film buffs or whatever right. uh tend, tend to be from that era mm-hmm. so that's true um yeah, yeah a lot of the ones that yeah kind of stay in people's minds right now in pop culture stuff yeah it's definitely like 80s 90s mm-hmm. kind of stuff 
but you know i was i was surprised at the number of really good foreign films from the 2000s that are worth watching so there's also quite a few from that era as well but you know the goal of the goal of the podcast is not just to do those like film buff mm-hmm. you know movies is, is to also do a lot more of of different movements um and to cover a lot more foreign films that aren't normally talked about in those lists because I've run into a lot of a hundred essential films lists and whatever that are just like, here are the, here's some six Tarantino films and five Christopher <laughs> Nolan films. And uh, yeah, we'll just throw in a couple of Hitchcocks there and not even having like Ozu or Kurosawa or, you know, any of the great Japanese films. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's the hope is, is to get through a lot of those major ones. And by the end of the podcast, there'll be more, uh, I guess general knowledge of film and and its progression um as you know that was a very I guess subtle segue into talking about what the point of the podcast is again but back around to it that's what I was thinking we should do is like we we should probably do a a more clear kind of representation Mm -hmm. of what it is and that's basically it Mm -hmm. and we should probably also specify that you you made the list I did make the list but I had help we didn't even say our names. I did see a bad I was going to say, yeah. we didn't introduce ourselves yet. Yeah. Reese is in did the corner, not? if you can't okay. see him. I'm, I'm Reese. <laughs> I am Hannah. And I'm Hunter. Rad. Okay. Woo. Well, th- this was this was kind of a test run. Yeah. Um. Now now we kind of know, you know, right. how we do this. And uh, future episodes, we'll, uh, we'll start to see a little bit more structure come in there. Um, but um, is, is there anything else we want to say? Do we, do we want to give a rating? To, to this yes and should we should we rate th- the questions i was thinking was like a rating on a scale of like our personal enjoyment of the film or mm-hmm. more like how much we think it belongs on this list how influential we feel like it is yeah i mean we can kind of cover the different aspects of it because that's kind of i mean part of that's mm. subjective and part of it's also just like it's here because we thought it was right you know very influential so mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, think I feel it like was. we kind of discussed that too, where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like this thing kind of set the stage for mm-hmm. many things to come and it did it really early. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. At least for me, I'm like, yeah, totally. Like, I think this was definitely a good choice and it's important to see and understand. But I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to like watch it all the time, but it was fun. It was. Like yeah. It. I'm going to watch this every day from now yeah. on. <laughs> you don't even know. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I can't fall asleep without watching a trip to the moon <laughs> from 1902. <laughs> oh, man. Very important. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. it. I really appreciated all his theatrical elements that he added mm-hmm. in the creativity. Just because I never think innovatively like that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As somebody who's watched, you know, a decent amount of silent films. I was still kind of blown away by this. And I feel like in comparison to, yeah, pretty much everything from this era, this really does stand out as being one of the most like visually arresting and just like just impressive works of film that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the, the small bits of slapstick comedy were, were somewhat effective for yeah. me. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like you just chuck right. something at a guy and we're all, all three <laughs> of us are just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was good. I'd probably, I'd watch it again if you, few more times mm-hmm. i think me too um, yeah that's what i was thinking is like if there was like the first version we pulled up was like in color mm-hmm. and we didn't end up watching it because it had like this weird narration over it that was mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. but i think he did would, color his films right, later i was gonna say like i would watch a version in color mm-hmm. just to kind of see like what kind of if that changed the experience because sometimes mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to pick stuff out 
Right. And, I don't know. I would try yeah. different versions of it. When you say that he colored his films, do you mean like he was like on like the celluloid or whatever? Like he's like literally drawing like color onto it or? I just remember reading that it said something about he was hand coloring certain films because I don't think that the films that he has available in color now, it wasn't the actual color of what things were. He was coloring them in like really bright, crazy colors. Yeah, which I think just added to the overall yeah fantasy side of what mm-hmm. he was doing that sounds like a lot of work too though That's oh crazy. yeah yeah so much time mm. yeah well, and i think he also had too. a little rivalry with thomas edison mm. thomas edison i guess was involved in some film tricks and working with cameras which i actually didn't really know a lot mm-hmm. about and it i think he invented the film camera didn't he did he i thought he, Am I I thought just he stupid? did Don't. i'm just stupid then oh. no <laughs> uh, i have no idea i can't remember i know I think edison the and the light bulb and that's about edison. it yeah i guess just studying film as an actor i don't hear about anyone talk about thomas edison or like right it's just initial historic movements in film right and so reading about that and just how they were a little competitive i guess and like who could come up with those tricks first mm-hmm. was a big deal mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of cool that is really interesting yeah i think when i did i have to think back because it was like probably eight years ago that I took that early film class. But I think some of the early stuff we had to watch is like Edison, like, mm. you know, the horse. Have you mm. ever seen that? Like just really short film of just like a horse galloping. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's that was Edison. That was him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember that. So I think he, I think he, I mean, I don't know. We're talking about Thomas Edison. So there's a chance that he like half stole some of these inventions <laughs> or whatever, but yeah. at least I think he's, he's credited with some of the earliest examples of film. But that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to give it. Five, no. five stars. Five stars. No, I <laughs> like, like I feel like I could give it like a four and a half. Yeah. Just cause between like a combination of personal enjoyment and like for what this was doing at the time, mm-hmm. it's really impressive and cool. And I don't know if I were to go just off personal enjoyment though, it's probably like it's probably like a four. That's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like you know I didn't I didn't laugh and cry and you mm-hmm. know experience every human emotion at the same right. time within within yeah. the 12 minute span but you know it <laughs> yeah which can happen Weird. it can <laughs> it certainly can that's fair because i mean uh pta's anima is like around the same length and it dang that thing is great but it's got music to be right yeah. yeah but like again for what this was doing like i don't know if you could do a better job at the time mm-hmm. of what he was doing and like it's really cool it's just it's just nice and different to see something out of our time i guess yeah mm-hmm. it's cool i'd yeah. give it four and a half stars only docking a half star because the man in the moon scared me <laughs> so bad he was, <laughs> he was freaky he was really freaky you could <laughs> see like the sludge looking. on his face after the bullet yeah. went in his eye yeah. like they actually dumped something on his head i remember kind of disturbing i remember like mm-hmm. just seeing that footage and stuff in hugo and mm-hmm. being like oh i wonder if that's the conflict of the movie is that they shot the moon and now the moon is sad (laughs) and like the moon would be like a character and it's not they just shoot his eye out nobody cares and then move on yeah and then they're (laughs) fighting all the aliens that are (laughs) in the moon don't you also love that the bullet hits the moon and it's like half the size of the moon yeah and then it shows them on the moon and it's super little and there's all these people on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I it was mean, a fun it, shot though. Still, like, it, it was, was. It was really it was, good. Yeah, it's it's one of the most iconic things mm-hmm. in silent films, I guess, mm-hmm. really. Right. But it's funny because like, it's such an I- iconic image, while at the same time, no one cares about what happened to that moon. <laughs> Literally, 
poor guy. Poor Moon. Because he was scary, though. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> He's freaky. That's fair. Maybe if they chose a, a bit more attractive of a moon mm-hmm. to play the moon, then, then people would I care agree. more. Get more sympathy. Maybe we should remake <laughs> it with Ryan Gosling as the moon. Oh my gosh, maybe I then, would love that. Maybe then we'll get uh, some sympathy for the moon. I would but feel so bad for his <laughs> eye. <laughs> like, you have like this whole like big movie, because it would of course be very like high budget, insane. And then you just have Ryan Gosling there <laughs> just as the face of the moon, and that's it. He's gone in two seconds. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Like, big big actor cameos that they have to recreate it though with the pulley again they're like ryan gosling sit down and they like throw a cloak uh, over him they paint him with some weird moon paint and they're just pulling him towards the camera (laughs) okay act like you're in pain i think it would work he'd probably he'd probably give a good performance he probably would Mm -hmm. knowing him (laughs) what a legend is he in anything that we're covering i don't think he's in any movie that Uh, we're talking about which feels weird because I love Blade Runner 2049. I was going to say Blade I Runner, almost, but we're watching the old one. Yeah, we're yeah. watching the first one. We can like mm. we can uh, sneak in a little bit of discussion about 2049 when we watch the original. There we go. We'll mm-hmm. have we'll have some Gosling conversation. I can slip him into this. any conversation <laughs> if you really want me to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes for the f- the first few silent films and see if, if <laughs> you find some good segues for, okay. for Ryan Gosling. For Ryan Gosling, that'll be my shtick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of. My name is Hannah, and I like, love Ryan Gosling. Speaking Thank of you. movies. Do we uh, have any, like, <laughs> classic musicals that we can do? And I don't know if we're doing talk anything about, like that. To talk about La La Land. Like, anyway, La La Land. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll cool Ryan Gosling La La movie. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? In so Roman Holiday. Music, Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday yeah. associates with La La Land. I'll definitely nerd out about that. Singing in the Rain. There's ways. Oh, man, I love that movie. There's a lot of good movies on this list. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point of the list. But, you know, I'm really excited. I mean, there was going to be at least one mediocre movie <laughs> that that's was still true and now it's not did there. we, re- we replace it movie? i think because you were going to replace it with something we were going like, to do were we going to do blair witch and then we chose oh, to replace it with something else that might be too oh so yeah we took, also replaced uh, we were going to do the um cecil b demille's like 1934 cleopatra yeah that's the one i was thinking and then and then you took it off i think yeah it just didn't did you replace it with king kong i think i replaced it with king kong okay yeah which I, I guess I've I've heard is and seems to right. get better reviews anyway. Yeah. So it probably makes more sense to have on the list. Anyway, I'm gonna have to write that report. That's gonna be a time. Yeah, yeah. So indeed. Anyway, cool we'll figure all that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've mostly figured it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> we did not plan this at all before we started recording. No. We 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 probably we probably could have done a little bit a little bit more. <laughs> it's a more trial pro- run. Now we know. Yeah. Pilot we know how it works. Sometimes the first episode the just kind of has to be rough. Yeah, the it, point it, is, now we know. True. if you don't listen to this podcast, you're lame. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Because you didn't, you didn't have faith that we'd improve. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come back in <laughs> ten episodes and. Oh wait, but you should. Better. I, I'm really but excited also, about the no, Metropolis wait. episode. Right, at least. Uh, I was gonna say that's the, like the fun thing about this is like you can just like pop in and listen if you just want to hear specific movie coverage. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it's just a fun sequence of, like, the evolution of things over time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and since you know what we're covering next, you can also watch yeah. it with us. We've oh spoiled the whole thing on the internet. Exactly. You know, the entire run <laughs> yeah. of episodes. Although, I guess we might change a few things here right. and there. If we but feel like we need to, we, yeah. If we really want to. What's but the next What's next week's episode? I do not remember. I'm pretty sure you're the one doing the report on I that believe one. I believe I am. So. Come on, Hunter. Come on. <sighs> I'm going to pull up the yeah, list on I, Letterboxd. I'm going to expect so much get from to you. It when I get to it, I'm just going to find it. I'm going to find it. 
It's going to be amazing. Wait okay. for it. I'm excited. Mm. Right. I'm really excited to do Next at least one? most of the things. Oh, I'm excited about this one. It's the general. Oh, oh yeah. Right. You're doing Buster Keaton because yeah, yeah. you actually have seen Buster I've Keaton films I haven't seen that one, but I, I saw a couple in my class. And I really liked them. They're really <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, they're really fun. Uh, well, that sounds like a good time. 80 minutes. Again, a good evolution of silent film mm-hmm. to where you're getting, like, probably, at least when the ones I saw, like, there's maybe some dialogue and, like, actually identifiable characters, but all still, like, really just heavy reliance on physical performance and comedy. And stuff. Right, so, yeah. Of course, that's kind of the whole nature of that. But It's, it's the entire, I mean, that's just buster keaton right and, and charlie chaplin i yeah. guess are both pretty totally. but the thing about chaplin here. that i'm curious to see if buster keaton does as well is chaplin films are like funny and have a lot of ridiculous stuff going on mm-hmm. but they also like try to make you like emotionally moved right. at the same time yeah um, um i don't know about this one i guess the, we'll the ones that i saw definitely were not that way like i think they were just they were really just primarily focused on the comedy and right. kind of these insane situations hmm. uh but yeah, no, not really anything emotional happening. <laughs> Fair. Well, I'm excited to watch it. I guess that's, that'll be our first full-length film. Indeed. Yeah. The pod, how, is it? So. how long is it? I haven't seen it's any like, really long ones. 80 minutes. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. All the ones I saw were like 30 minutes or less, I think. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. I don't think I've ever seen a Charlie okay. Chaplin so film either. I haven't either. I, yeah. That would be really fun. I have, I have one on the list. Um, okay. But unfortunately, and I guess not unfortunately, I feel like it's still kind of a good pick. But it's actually not a silent film. It's hmm. what I think his only like just like straight dialogue film. It's from nineteen forty. It's called The Great Dictator. Hmm. Yes, and I have just, heard of that. He's just spoofing on Hitler for <laughs> a whole hour. I can see it. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, right. Because he's like iconic for having the exact same mustache same as mustache, Hitler. Yep. So like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he at least commented on that at some point. If oh, whoops, I guess Hitler copied me, and then. <laughs> did some real bad stuff Oops. <laughs> oopsie <laughs> so that'll be a fun one to get to but yep. i don't know maybe we could do some like side episodes here and there to talk about adjacent films bonus yeah. episodes yeah bonus episodes man i guess we should start that patreon Oops. now Oops. Yeah, man. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, hey, hey now we have a way to yeah. just make a blade runner 2049 episode. exactly oops we'll do th- we'll do mm. three full episodes and then instantly launch a patreon <laughs> and then from there you know, we'll just let this fall by the wayside as we right. we talk about other movies. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then we can do La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That would be great. Yeah, we could do a, we. That would be kind of fun to go through like our our favorite movies mm-hmm. as well, like on the I side would totally of like do that. going Especially through like each of our top if tens. They relate to other stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be, be good. Fun. Anyway, anyway, that, that's what we got. I think this time yeah. this end is probably real. a good good <laughs> end of an episode. Um, Oof, but yeah, let's see do we we got things to plug i think right we got our so our so. Po- our uh website is movieoverloadpod.com yep. we've also got the gmail if you want to send us a mail thing Indeed. send us mail we're lonely that could be fun do we also have we have social medias right we have could social be- media we're movie overload pod on instagram mm-hmm. is it movie overload underscore on twitter i believe so because There's i couldn't do movie overload pod cool. it cool. was too the long to everything yeah, we're movie overload underscore on Twitter. Yes, awesome. good job, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Winner. Cool. Well, then I guess those are the things. Yep. Um, I've I've been Reese. <laughs> <laughs> and and you you've been Hannah. I have been Hannah. And you over there. Who, I have been and will continue to be, Hunter. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Wow. Wow. I stole that from someone else. That's. 
<laughs> I don't know how to speak into the microphone also, so I apologize. I know. I'm it'll, it'll take some time. I, like I was probably all over the place. Yeah. Well, it's fine. I think well, we're about to get a new, like, yeah. recording soft, like a recording it's implement. It's jank right now. It's yeah. going to not be. Jank. We'll be able to actually hear ourselves, which will be nice. Um, we'll be able to, to ditch these microphones. Well, some of these microphones eventually, hopefully, if, if anybody wants to help me. Help me buy I should just buy one. I feel like hint, I would ma- be able to make use of one. I think so. In the future, just... At least for personal things. We're yeah. starting that so Patreon page one. now. Uh. <laughs> Please fund <laughs> us. <laughs> Chick fil A and equipment. If you give us a hundred dollars <laughs> a month, we'll be able to buy a new microphone, and you might be able to hear the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I beg yeah. you, <laughs> please. Uh, cool beans. Well, well, that that was a time. Yep. It's an episode. Thank you all for joining. Um, and and as we say here at the end of every episode of Movie Overload podcast, that was a line from the movie. Nice. Okay. What? I thought that was what we had said we were going to (laughs) do. That was a line from the movie. Yep. But but there were no lines to this movie. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry. I cheated my way out of that one. Bad humor, bad humor. That was pretty great. Oh, I liked it. I I support it. I'm going to fumble my way through that in the future when we have actual lines to quote from the movie. I'm going to be like, were there lines in this movie? Huh? But then I'll figure it out. Fantastic. And make people doubt themselves when they watch this. Mm. Like, where's yeah. that line? I don't remember that was a line Dang from it. the movie. <laughs> I Where watched is the it? entire oh, sh- 13 minutes without seeing any yeah. dialogue at all, but apparently <laughs> that was a dialogue. line from the movie, was a line from this so movie. So confused. What? Okay, that's it. Okay, we're done. If we haven't already stopped recording, I'm just going to fade it out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It fade. didn't happen. None of this happened. Bye. Bye. This is all falsehood.